Welcome to Eye on the Illini, folks. This is Illini Guy Mike Kegley here with Illini Guy's Director of Recruiting, Kedrick Prince, and Illini Guy's staff writer, Matt Stevens. And, folks, it was a disappointing game today, Illinois falling 31-24 to to a Purdue team that really did, a, 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 again, very similar fashion to what we saw last week, controlled the line of scrimmage when they needed to. Um, there was also – quite frankly, some horrific refereeing that didn't help the Illini cause. But again, if you're playing well, sometimes you can play right through that. And if you're not playing well, it becomes a big deal. So, um, Matt, I'm going to ask you first, you know, just 30,000 foot, what did you see up there in the press box? Uh, I, I think the rents come due for this Illinois football team. Um and there are a lot of reasons for that statement. Um, one of which is, is that this team's just not very deep. And so if you lose guys like a Taz Nicholson and then you lose guys like a uh, Terrell Jennings and, and then you're playing a redshirt freshman and a true freshman at corner um, against a team that, that, you know, likes to exploit, you know, secondary play if, if, if it can. Um, it has a pretty dynamic play caller in Jeff Rom you're probably going to be in trouble. Um, if you're a defense that has been really, really good all year long and you um, you operate under the idea, and I don't disagree with this philosophy, if you operate under the idea of playing physical on the outside, under the idea that, well, they can't throw a flag on everything, and you get a crew that calls the game very, very tight, you have to make the adjustment to the officiating crew. The officiating crew does not have to make the adjustment to you. There are a couple of these seven PIs that Illinois was called for that I disagree with, but I don't disagree with all seven of them. Um, and they impacted the game, but uh, you know you, you have to make an adjustment. And Brett Bielema made that point is that we got to look on the film and see you know what and if we can teach our guys a little bit differently so we can avoid those things if we get – a very, very tight crew again. Um, and then the final point is Illinois has to run the football better. I mean, I, I, this, this Brett Bielema laid out what this program is going to be based upon. And it's three things. It's play really good defense, uh, you know, be efficient on early downs, which basically means control the line of scrimmage and run the football and then play complementary football. And that means offense, defense, and special teams don't hurt each other, you know, don't hurt the other unit. And, these last two weeks, they haven't done that, and and that's that's unfortunate um, because they had they had a lot in front of them that this was that was pretty historic for this program, and um, now they've got to reset themselves before they play you know a, a really really tough Michigan team next week. But um, this team is reeling right now, not only on the field but also I would say in the training room right now, because we got, you know, Illinois has got a lot of guys that are, that are hurt and, and that are probably going to be out for a while. Um, that's, that's going to hurt the depth of this team, knowing that Brett Bielema has kind of hinted all year long. There are certain spots on this team that we're not very deep on. And uh, you know, again, rents come due and it came well, due today and, and it came to do it's come due in the last two weeks. Um, and and it, it's really hurt this Illini team. So, and, and then I'm going to kind of hold some of my observations um, until after Ked goes. Ked, you're, you know, you and Matt both both look at the game differently. So what did you see 
from the, the uh, press box? It's just the last two weeks I've seen the same thing. And what I've noticed the last two weeks to me is how good the coaching is in the Big Ten. That's what I've noticed. I think some of the coaches in the Big Ten have seen things with Illinois defensively, and I think they've exploited it. Um, I think the lack of depth was a concern, and I knew that. And, 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 and Matt's right. Bielema, I remember him saying that once, that there, it was after a game once, I, or maybe he said it multiple times, there are some positions where they just can't afford key injuries. And I know there's a lot of injuries that, you know, this late in the season, I understand it. Um, but today's loss to me was frustrating because the fish hitting did hurt Illinois today. Anybody say they didn't buy, get out of my face, I don't want to hear it because it did. And anybody to sit and try to tell me that officials can't take a game from you, I will prove it to you because I was an official once. And when somebody rode my ass the entire time and then made racial comments to me, do you think I gave them the benefit of the doubt of a call? Hell no, I didn't. So it, it can happen. So get out of here with the officials can't do it because they can. Illinois didn't help themselves today, I don't think, um, with some of the penalties. All those penalties to me today were not warranted on Illinois' part. Some of them were the false start by you know, by Chesco, you know, and, and on the one yard line. That hurt. So to me, the way I, I you know, I, I guess the way I look at it, Illinois put themselves in a bad situation. They're not helping themselves. Uh, I'm also not a fan of the play calling right now because it is very predictable to me, extremely predictable. I don't want to see a run every time on first down. I don't, I want to see some sense of urgency. You know, the last two weeks, they looked like they were just going with the flow with everything else. I don't care if it's 50-50 run the ball, pass the ball. But what I will say, I can't be selfish and think, you know, that it's, maybe it's me. When I talk to other coaches, coaches that have coached in high school, coaches that are in college, when I'm sitting in the press box and other media members are sitting here saying the same thing, it is predictable. And what's sad about it to me, I think he's a very, very lovely junior. He's a very good offensive coordinator. But what I don't like is, and the reason I say that, they have some really good schemes. It's not his fault that players dropped the ball today when they passed it. But when you run the ball today, every time on first down, it's predictable. And you know when they're going to do it. And Chase Brown, I love him to death. Great story. But he's not 6'3", 280 pounds. He's just not. And teams are taking that away from Illinois. So they have to use imagination on offense when it comes to passing. I don't want to see him throw the ball 100 times a game. That's not Brett Bielema's offense. But I'll tell you what, this isn't, this isn't going to work. And it hasn't worked the last two weeks. And I would like for anybody to Tell me, me, because if you're going to run the ball on first down, you damn well better get four and five, six yards. Today and last week, they were getting one and two yards. Yeah, and, and I think that's obviously problematic. I'll tell you, I, I, I look at this team and I see, I see three things going on. Um, one is, is we were all surprised by the success early in the season, and we – on our podcast, we warned that this team didn't have the depth of other teams, that the defense front line was good, but if you lose a couple of players, they're not Iowa or Michigan who can just bring in another guy who's, you know, almost as good and, and bada boom, bada bing, you're back in action. 
And I think they have been worn down over the year. And I also think, especially seeing two weeks in a row on blitz plays that uh, both Purdue and Michigan State, tra- you know, went out to uh, uh, different passes in the flat. They d- they both did it at least twice. Makes me wonder if there's a t- there's a tip that that Illinois is doing that teams are reading and they can tell when the blitz yep. is coming. So so I think that goes to good coaching. So a combination of, of that, um, and, and I look at it the, 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 in this same grouping is Illinois had some crappy recruiting until Brett Bielema got here, um, you know, where they where they would have one or two really good players and then some weak classes beyond that. And and what you're seeing is, is when these teams catch up and they coach, which there's a lot of good coaching staffs in this this Big Ten conference, they're starting to schematically understand Illinois. And then when you put in backups, et cetera, you run into some problems there. So I think I think that, you know, the, in particular, Michigan State was ranked the 15th best team in the country. They have been inconsistent and they haven't earned that ranking but the talent that got them that ranking when they all play is better than what Illinois can put on the field. And we found that out last week. And I would put, um, while Purdue doesn't recruit at the level Michigan state does, they do, they have historically recruited better than Illinois. Um, we'll see what Brett Bielma does with that. But I think, you know, we're playing teams that are pretty good. And, and now that we're, uh, the, the the Illini have lost a few players. It's not quite as good starters, and the and the dip is is bigger when they have subs in the game. That's kind of my first overall talent bullet. My second thing is is with the referees. Referees don't dictate a game because they can always point to the to the teams and have you know you had. Um, you know, you had 67 plays or 65 plays that you ran on offense. If you would throw the perfect pass, make the perfect block, um, you know, catch the ball, you don't, doesn't matter what we call. But the fact of the matter is, and this is something that I'm pretty angry about, the Big Ten just signed a contract for $1 billion a year for the television rights. You've got some of the best coaching staffs in the country. You've got some of the best players in the country, and you have the Mickey Mouse Brigade refereeing. The interception that got reversed on a pass interference call that never happened was one of the worst calls, and I will throw out to Kevin Warren right now, not that he cares, but I would throw out to him right now, if you have a billion-dollar property, let's look at it as a Marvel movie. You're not going to cast me to play Tony Stark. You're going to cast Robert Downey Jr. You're not going to put in Matt to play Thor. Apologies, Matt. You're going to get Chris Hemsworth. And when Chris Evans plays Captain America, Kedrick Prince is not going to do that in his spare time. With this new contract, you have to look at this as a revenue stream and a brand that you want to protect. They need full-time referees. That's their only job. They stay in shape in the offseason. They do different things in the offseason, such as, um, you know, even doing things up into including USFL games, seven-on-seven games in recruiting. But they are active all year round. They're on a training program. 
this team, this 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 crew, there were two touchdowns that Purdue got as as a direct effect of two pass interference calls. You take those two touchdowns away, and I don't know if they would. They may have scored anyway. But if they didn't score, Illinois wins this game. And this is not once, but twice this crew has put an Illinois team who didn't play very well behind an eight ball that was about as big as that big rock that Indiana Jones had to run away from in the start of Temple of Do- or in the start of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Illinois is not good enough to make it out of the cave like Harrison Ford does. And so they made enough they mistakes that they got crushed. Do it. What? Mike, you're 100% right. I'm sorry. You're right. They can't overcome that. And I know you're being politically correct, and I love you to death, but you're talking about the Indiana game, and you're right. That stuff matters. That's why I don't understand why people sit and pretend that it doesn't matter. It does. There was a touchdown, and I don't want to hear some apology letter. That apology letter does nothing if you're trying to win your first conference title. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see that because it makes no sense to me. Well, I, and I just don't think it's fair. I really yeah, don't. And, and, and so what I'm asking the Big Ten to do is with this new contract, and it gives you a year and a half to figure this out, with this new contract, figure out how you're paying referees in football and basketball, protect that revenue stream because the players deserve better, the coaches deserve better, and the fans who pay – for the different packages deserve better. If a if a player throws four interceptions and loses the game, he's no longer the starting quarterback for a team. If a coach doesn't do well enough, he's no longer the head coach of a team. This group of referees, and I'm not going to name them, they are not worthy of being Big Ten referees. I can go out right. I know personally, I know two referees that right now who referee college football that I would put in to replace these guys without a heartbeats issue. So if you're going to protect your brand, Kevin Warren, it's you wouldn't put, you know, Matt, Ked, and myself in to be in the Avengers if that if that was your brand. And this is the same thing. The 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 Players and coaches have to earn their way into the Big Ten, and if you're not good enough, you transfer to SIU or EIU. This is something that if you're not good enough to be a referee in the Big Ten, maybe you go to the Missouri Valley and maybe you're a darn good one there, but you referee where you're effective. These these guys were in over their head. And and I'll be honest with you, they missed a couple calls, in my opinion, of Illinois hitting late on the sidelines that helped escalate the game. And that's when somebody yes, gets that's yep. that's when somebody gets hurt, you know. So uh, you know, to me, it's like this is this is you know the the these guys are just bad. And then the final the final thing is 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 I think two things in particular really hurt Illinois today. Um, when they got unpredictable in their play calling right after Bielma yelled at um, uh, Barry Lunny, and then we went. They went in and scored to make it twenty-one. That drive, Illinois was mixing it and, and shuffling the deck, and Purdue was hard pressed to to defend them. I'm not saying Illinois was Michigan or Ohio State, but they were much more effective. And that's the type it of play you need. You need that type of play calling. But in fairness, there were several play, plays when when 
Tommy DeVito, who had a tough game, could not even set his feet to throw the ball out of bounds. That long loss, you know, he turned around one way and there's a defender. He turned around the other way, there's another defender and sack. I, I don't think John Elway or Brett Favre had the arm strength to get rid of that ball in time. So, and, and then and then finally, the you know, kind of the, the other thing that goes into that is the coin flip. Look, Aiden O'Connell is a solid Big Ten quarterback, but to be honest with you, he falls to pieces under pressure. He's he's consistently done it. I, I'm not saying he's it has anything to do with his internal fortitude. It just happens when you have to throw over a, a big guy coming at you. That's hard to do. And Illinois couldn't get pressure on him to make it hard to do, and so he played just well enough to lead a team to a seven point victory over an Illinois team that didn't play great and an Illinois team that struggled with some key calls and they lost their head a little bit at the end of the game on some plays, you know, chase Brown didn't need to take his helmet off. Um, You know, uh, you had some penalties along the sidelines. You had uh, Johnny Newton of all people getting a penalty. So there's plenty of, of things to go around for Illinois, but I would appeal directly to the big 10 that when you you have the revenue, you have $1.2 or $1.3 billion coming in, you can pay for some basketball refs and some some football refs and and make sure that you have the best best referee and the best television product on the TV. Matt, I'm gonna throw it to you and let you have your fun with this. Uh oh, uh the the Devin Witherspoon pick that was called for pass interference. All right. I honestly thought they were going to hit Charlie Jones for offensive pass interference. I honestly, when I saw the flag come out, that's what I thought was, was happening here. Um, that one is egregious. The one on Sidney Brown in the end zone. Um, that is not a big 10 problem. That is not a, this crew problem. That is a college football problem. And that's something that like Brett Bielema has been on the competition committee before. And that's something the competition committee is going to have to look into. And what I mean by that is, is that there are way too many officiating crews throughout the country, whether it's the SEC, the Mountain West, the Sun Belt, the American Athletic Conference, it does not matter. I'm seeing it all over the country where an underthrown pass gets gets put up there and a receiver will literally jump into the defensive back who has his back turned and get the flag. Right. That yep. happens right. all over the country. That does not just happen in the Big Ten. It is something the competition committee is going to have to look into about whether or not the ball was catchable or not. Um, but right now, based off of the letter of the of how the, the, the rule needs to be called, that's pass interference. And that's why I say that the the the, com- the competition committee's got to look into how to call that differently because if these guys are to be properly graded, they have to cl- they have to throw the flag on Sidney Brown right now, and I don't think they should be able to have to do that. And that's 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 where I get frustrated with the idea that Aiden O'Connell knows darn good and well that. Aaron Henry teaches his guys and Ryan Walters teaches his guys to play really, really aggressive and play with their hands, even beyond the five yard window. And Hey, maybe I can get a flag. And 
that happened a lot today. There's, I think it was seven pass interference calls. Manny Diaz plays the same specific defense over at Penn State on the principle of they can't call it on every play. But if you get a tight crew, again, like, for instance, like Manny saw against, you know, when he in the opener, when they played Purdue, they had some problems and they had to adjust in the second half. And this Illinois defense just didn't have time and didn't have the personnel to adjust because they're running Tyler Strain out there and they're running Tyson Hooks out there. That's a redshirt freshman and a true freshman out there. And they're just trying to get experience playing exactly the way that they've been taught. Now you're trying to on the fly tell them how to play differently in the course of a game on Saturday. That's just not going to work. And Yeah, and, and, and I'll overrule you on one thing, Matt. It, okay. It's because I've ref before. It's total bullcrap that you're going to use the letter of the law. It, it it either affects the it either affects the game or it doesn't. And there was there was a couple plays. I you know again I, I laid out the ones I was disappointed in. I didn't argue about other ones, but there were the, the two in question. There was first off there was no contact initiated by the Illinois player on either one, and there was no advantage gained by Illinois. And if you're gonna if you're gonna call that and then say well that's the rule then you shouldn't be a ref. I'm sorry, but, but you know, as a referee, then that means every time, every time somebody is beyond five yards and the, and the, and the, their hand touches a player on the offense, you're going to call them for using their hand. You're going to call hold every single time. Yeah. The, the one on Tyson Ro- or what was it? Tyson Rooks or, or was, um, I think it was either Tyson Rooks or, uh, uh, Tyler Strain over the middle. Um, I thought they were going to call holding because that's usually, hey, I've got, I've got, I've got my hand, yeah, I've yeah. got, I've got a hand of his jersey. Yep, I agree, I agree. And that's that's what I thought they would call. They just went ahead and called PI. I don't, I don't, I don't. I'd have to go back. But and look but again, I, I look at that appropriate there. The one on Devin Witherspoon is not pass interference. I, I'm not, I'm yeah. not arguing with you on that one, Mike. It's not pass interference. To quote Tyreek Barnes, it's a pick. Yeah, it's oh, an, I agree. It's an interception. The one on Sidney Brown, I will argue letter of the law, and I think it's just got to get changed. Like, yeah, and, and there's, there's cornerbacks, there's cornerbacks, and there's safeties all over the country that are getting screwed on that play. Well, and I, and, but the bottom line is, is in today's game, I don't want to make the games that much longer. But it's college football; they're already three and a half hours long. I, I'm, I'm to the point. The calls are so bad that PIs ought to almost be like, um, they ought to almost be like scoring plays. Where you go to the camera, you go because you've got nine different camera angles. You can tell whether it's a PI or not because there's just some piss poor calls out there. Excuse my French. And there's and and if you get a good crew, they might miss it once a game, every other game. But you get a crew like this crew, and 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 then again, it it just makes it tough. But again, I only had really issues with two of the calls. Yeah, and the, so, the, the re- what I what I what I fear, Mike, is that. We've entered oh, it, an age. We, we've it's not a good an idea. Which I think that these refs have have kind of tried, or at least have been schooled in trying to, um, I don't know, call a game in favor of offense more than favor of defense because scoring apparently. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Go up and all that. What I've what I've thought about though is that I don't know how they would feel about this because this this is not, again, this is the, these are the best athletes. The NFL is the best athletes in the world. Okay, it's not 18 and 24 year olds playing in right, the middle right. of the state, right? But in the NFL, it's a spot foul. 
And Mike, you know that you watch games right. on Sunday, yep. so do I. In college football, it's 15 yards and a first down. I wonder sometimes if they made it a spot foul, if they made it, if 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 the way that PI was called in college football would change. Because they don't want to like basically call everything PI because that just puts that just that's now a 38 yard penalty, right? And so I don't think they're gonna want to be doing this. Um, but it's not right now. That's why I say, look, off season, the competition committee's really got to look at pass interference. And what I don't want to do, here's, here's, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to do that one year thing where the NFL did, where we can throw a challenge flag about a pass interference call, because to what you, to your point, Mike Cagley, that would just make the game even longer. Um, And if we're buzzing down from the box saying, Oh, let's, I I agree. I agree. If it wasn't, you know what I mean? So, so I don't know what we do there. Um, you mix in these these penalties with the 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 television timeouts. Um, how long a game goes is definitely something that I've thought about for a long time. Um, I will say this: uh, I, I'm not I'm not going to argue with either one of you that I thought it made a difference. I'm not going to argue with either one of you that I thought the penalties didn't impact the game. Um, I will all I will argue with you guys though that I thought Brett Bielema's squad for the first time in a long, long time looked like at times an undisciplined football team. And sometimes that's when the flags came out. If Alex Pilstrom's gonna jump, um, is gonna jump twice on key plays, th- that's a sixth-year senior that shouldn't be doing that. And I think that's because there's there's some adrenaline there after what happened coming out of the tunnel in the second half. And um that's something that the coaching, this coaching staff's going to have to address. Johnny Newton knows not to do what he did to Aiden O'Connell near the sideline, and he lost his mind. I, and, I told, which is what I went through. I mean, again, yeah. I'm not complaining about. No, no, no every, I know. I'm not. And I'm not saying they didn't impact the game, but I think some of these calls are a direct. I think that it hurts Brett Bielema and this coaching staff deeply to the core tonight, because they know that they have preached and preached and preached about how to lose a football game and how, quite frankly, how you guys have been losing football games before and during the fact that we've been here, right? And I'm getting damn tired of it, quoting, I mean, paraphrasing probably what Brett Bielema is saying inside the Smith Center. Um, And then it just keeps happening in these last couple of weeks, and and Illinois has now stubbed its toe and no longer controls its own destiny in the Western Division. I, I, I feel like um, this officiating crew called a very, very tight game, and it didn't um, it didn't look like Illinois got the better end of this today. But I will say that on some of the some of the penalties, and and and, and I'll go back and I'll look. But on some of the penalties, it, it displayed an undisciplined Illinois team. Uh, I and, think I think they fell apart and largely, un- yep. and that's un- and that's really unfortunate because we, Mike, you and I both, Mike, you had Brett Bielema on the show this summer. And he laid out exactly how he wanted this program to look. And tough, smart, dependable isn't exactly just a catchphrase that they're trying to use here. They're trying to they're trying to not lose football games with that with that you know catchphrase and that the the way that they want to build this program. And Brad Bielema said it after this game is that this program is going to be defined on physicality, playing smart, and playing complementary football in all three phases. They haven't done any of those things in the last two weeks. And, and unfortunately, it, it has bit them in the rear and 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 the rent has come due. And 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 I I I just don't know. Um, you know, 
I wonder sometimes if Brett Bielema looks around and goes, my God, I've been preaching with you guys for nine months not to do this stuff anymore. And you just gave away two games that you should have won it's at home. No, no, nonetheless. And, and, um, you know, you've got a head coach in Brett Bielema that's won Big Ten titles. And he came in the room today and told the reporters, you know, I just told the team, if you want to win good games and you want to beat good teams, you cannot be doing what we were doing out there today. And and, and that is the summary for me is that this Illinois team has now, re- if you want to say reverted back to the mean, fine, go for it. But they've reverted back to losing football games under previous administrations, and and they're not talented enough yet to overcome that stuff. And and I said it last week. I'll say it again. There are things that you can point out on in all three phases that they did today that helped them lose this football game, and they just can't do that. I mean, well, Isaiah, I, yeah, but I agree I'll with give that. You a perfect example. And it's, it's a special teams one. Isaiah Williams has been taught to catch the ball. No, don't even get me started catch on that. Punts. Yeah. I don't care if you never return a punt all year long, catch the football. And he is allergic to doing it today. And it cost them at least 50 yards of field position yeah, today. So, I, so there, yeah. there are things that Brett Bielema is going to point to with veteran players. Paucho knows not to absolutely, you know, two hand chop somebody when they're on the two yard line and, and knows to stay in his stance when they're going to go for it on fourth and short. Um, and and twice a six-year senior just decided to go absolutely hit somebody in the chops because his adrenaline got the best of him. And um, I have no earthly idea why he would do something like that. But that's how you lose football games. And and this one goes down as a loss because because once again, like we said last week, Illinois just gave it away to a to a team that wanted to give them the game too because Purdue did an awful lot today. Yeah, and that, and that's too. and that I guess ultimately would be my point yeah. is from what I saw today, I saw two teams that were were not playing very good football, and um, you know ultimately one of them um, made more mistakes, Illinois, but a couple that they didn't make cost mm-hmm. them two touchdowns, and that yeah. that is just a uh, that that's something again I go back to. And I and I'm for folks listening. You know, I come more from the corporate world. You cannot you cannot have your brand dictated by the weakest link. And right now, you've got players that are going to the NFL and excelling. You've got coaches who are dominant across college football and college basketball. Players going to the NBA, and then you've got referees that, to be quite honest. Um, they need more training. They need better pay. And and for example, with basketball, you know, I don't want my basketball refs having to ref five nights, six nights a week to make money. I want my refs being employed by the Big Ten, and they only do Big Ten games, and they are more rested and more capable, and they've been trained. I want to put people in the Big Ten in a position to succeed. And right now, under the current way it's run, the Big Ten is leaving a massive window of of vulnerability wide open. And until they address the referee issue and bring it in-house and train people and keep them in year-round, this stuff is going to happen. And and it might be Indiana. It might be Iowa. You know, I mean, look, if, if Illinois hadn't got called for those two pass interference 
um, penalties, you would have the Purdue fan base saying that if Illinois would have gotten flagged for hitting people out of bounds, then X, Y, and Z wouldn't have happened, and maybe we'd have won the game. But you, you, you just you have to have you have to have referees that equal the play level of of the the sport. And right now, the Big Ten's report card, just like Illinois, Brett Bielman's probably given his team an F for today or a D minus. The Big Ten referees are right there with them, and and that's something the Big Ten has to accept and take control. Ked, you haven't had a chance to get in because Matt and I are arguing. What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, well, first of all, I enjoyed that from the both of you. Um, I, I was loving every second of it. I want to revert back to the, you know the officiating, how it affects the game. Just remember last week, we saw Isaiah Williams do a cross route and get tackled before the ball even came to him. Different crew. How can you miss that? When it's the end of the game, as an official, you got to be on your best game. And so this isn't the first time. And I know people think fans are crying. All fans cry. All people, media members, we're not blind. We see that. Okay. And I, I guess I have a question for you because you said something. I don't know. Maybe Matt saw it. I didn't see it. And then I'll go on with my little ramble here. Did you say that Brett Bielema got bad at Barry Lundy Jr. once? I mean, was it on TV or something? Because yeah, yeah it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything dramatic, but he just – you could see him – speaking you know emotionally to Barry Lunny and and then all of a sudden um it was right uh, as they kind of varied up the offense and went in for a touchdown to make it 21 all um and so uh you know the joke was and I think I might have tweeted this you know but the, the joke was is did he just say I don't care how you do it just score but the offense for a few plays the offense got a lot more uh, a lot, I'm sorry, a lot less predictable and Purdue struggled, you know, to, to defend the whole field. And okay. I would have liked to have seen that a little more often, but in fairness, the offensive line wasn't doing the greatest job in the world. So you can't call everything, you know, when you know that you're, you're okay. having okay. problems. Okay. Well, here's my, um, my brief two cents on that. I was very frustrated. I, I kind of said this earlier with the play calling. I he has some really good plays. I'm gonna be honest with you. I every time you get frustrated with what he does, he'll pull something. He'll pull something out of the hat, and it's like, do this on first down. Do it the first quarter, because it is there, and that's what's frustrating to fans. I think, and that's why I think the people who are on the other side of the fence can't fathom that or relate to that. He does have a good imagination, but I don't. You know, like you said i mean there's kids that got to make plays the other thing is you know to getting off the officiating the thing that disappointed me probably the second most of the officiating the players play was probably close second was ain't o'connell threw the ball 40 times today and he didn't sit on his ass once the entire game he didn't get hit once out of 40 passes. Then I watched Iowa just exploit that defense with the tight ends. Illinois didn't do that. And how are they able to get to him? Because if you put – I don't know if it was you or Matt, Mike, that mentioned if you put pressure on him, he, he struggled. Yeah. I mean, he struggled on the ball high, and it never happened. So, to me, that's another concern, and teams are figuring out what Illinois is doing. Now that they've – you know, uh, Ryan Walsh has got a contract extension last year, and Barry Lonnie Jr. got one this year, 
I'm sorry, guys. It's time to step up to the plate. You got to make adjustments because everybody else is doing it. Yeah, and and so so again, I went on a mini rant there. I didn't mean to go absolutely nuts, but um, so let's 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 take a look at this now. Um, what is next for this Illini team? Because they are looking at going up into what I think. I've I've pivoted after watching Ohio State struggle to move the line of scrimmage uh, and win the battle on the line of scrimmage against Northwestern last week. I am fully in Coach Har Harbaugh's camp that I think Michigan may actually finally break that streak at Ohio this year. But first, Illinois has got to play them. Matt, what what what? What is Illinois? They've got they've got seven days before they run into that buzzsaw. I would suspect that the plan is that Ryan Walters wants JJ McCartney to beat him, and it can't be Blake Corum to beat him. Um, my concern is this: um, Look, I've seen Jeff Brom's offense long enough to know. Um, look, people might think, you know, Bealum was making excuses here, but if you don't want to get sacked, you're not gonna. Like, and there are, there is a way to construct a shotgun based offense to do that. Purdue has given up 15 sacks this year coming into today and they played nine games. That's, that's one and a half a game. Um, and so, um, you know, PFF has Aiden O'Connell is getting the ball out in two seconds or less. Um, so, you know, what Illinois was asked to do was, push offensive linemen and then get their hands up to potential because Aiden O'Connell will throw you tipped balls. And yeah. you kind of saw that today and he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. So um, there were really only a couple of times I thought that Aiden O'Connell sat back there and waited for receivers to get open. The, the ball was coming out about as quick as, as you, as you could think. Um, the really the only plays that were made in the backfield were on running plays. Right. Um, and that, that leads me into like, if we want to go to the other side of the ball, um, I got really frustrated in the first half because Illinois goes down and scores on that first drive. And then it felt to me like Barry Lunny forgot what Illinois was, was the philosophy here was. And I'd have to go back and look, but there were three straight three and outs where they ran the ball on first down and then threw two incomplete passes. And the yep. drive lasted about 90 seconds. Yep. And um, I had no problem with the run on first down. I don't. I would rather have second and seven than second and ten. Um, if it's second and ten in this program right now, you might as well just quick kick it because you're not going to get a first down. Um, this this team cannot get behind the chains. The problem is, is that if it's second and six, by God, Barry, I mean, this is what – you, Mike, you texted me about this somewhere around halftime, I think about what Barry was yelling, or I'm sorry, what, what Bielema was yelling at Barry. And if I was Brett Bielema, I'd be like, damn it, Barry, like make them stop us. Like, why are you, why are you throwing the football when they're not stopping us? And, and you got Chase Brown getting four to five yards of carry. And he had six yards of carry in the, at the, at not, the end of the first half. And we're throwing incomplete passes on deep routes because it's second and seven. Like, that's not what this program was based on. That's not what a six-game winning streak was based on. Um, that's like listening to fans who want to be entertained. Yeah. I want to win – and, and I'm, if I'm Brett Bielema, I'm screaming at my offensive coordinator, I want to win a damn game. 
And and also and and, and the, the back half of that though is is something that you pointed out, Mike Cagley, which is I don't know if rents come due on this offensive line that might be overrated, but there's no re- way in hell that they should be nominated for the Joe Moore Award because Purdue's defensive line isn't that dominant. And for the second straight week, they've had to eat it. And 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 for the second straight week in the second half, it's been damn near impossible to get Chase Brown anything. Hell, they ran the barge package and got two yards today. That's not supposed to happen. You're supposed yeah. to get a hat on a hat and blow somebody off the line of scrimmage, create a lane, and Chase Brown's supposed to make somebody miss and then get in the damn end zone. Um, this isn't how this program is supposed to be built to get out physical two weeks in a row, and they kind of did today again. Um, and so, by God, I, I, what do I think is going to happen in Michigan? I think they're going to get absolutely physical against Michigan unless something changes because Michigan's – program is totally based on that and Blake Corum's probably going to New York because of the offensive line that he has in front of him that allows him to make to make plays and then make J.J. McCartney's life a hell of a lot easier on second and third down Um, because especially on third down when he's able to kind of create certain certain things to where the defense has to almost guess instead of pin their ears back and come because now it's third and six and third and seven and now Tommy DeVito is going to be dipping and dodging defensive linemen. Um, you know, people don't want to hear this, but if Illinois doesn't run the football well, they're not going to win football games. Not with this head coach. And this head coach isn't going to, isn't going to leave in Champaign anytime soon, folks. Well, and we so, don't have the – I mean, look, Malik no, – and I'm just saying – Malik Elzey, right. if, if I'm Malik Elzey, I'm thinking, my God, if I go to Illinois, I'm going to catch 60 passes because I'll be the only guy who gets separation. If I'm Malik Elzey right now, I'm watching Miles Scott play on the outside in the fourth quarter of this game and realizing I've said it before on our message board and I've been dead wrong. You should be able to figure out a way to get in the game. I mean, God help Illinois' offense if Sean Miller hadn't gone down with a season-ending injury in preseason camp because he'd probably be getting a whole lot of snaps right now. That's that's the four-star wide receiver out of IMG yeah. who yep. got hurt. If you're Malik Elzey, you damn sure better be thinking the same thing, that – you know, I watched in the building where we were waiting for Tommy DeVito to come in for an interview and, and George McDonald's checking his phone every 20 seconds. Um, you know, you have to be selling that young man on the idea that we're going to bring in a quarterback that can get you the football and you are going to get a chance to play a lot because um, right now we don't have the kind of talent on the outside that can tell that that where we have to tell you, hey, you're going to sit back and watch for a couple of years and learn. We yeah. don't have that right now. You can go, you can come play here right now and play. Um, but in the meantime, um, right now, Tommy DeVito is trying to trying to figure out a way to move the ball down the field. And and to his to his ever loving credit, Brian Hightower had a hell of a game today. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, they're they're tough receivers. They just can't get. But nobody else had anything on the outside did anything worth a darn today. And part of that is because Pat Bryant goes down with an injury again. And suddenly now the depth at wide receiver shows itself again. And, and, and now you're having trouble um, finding guys on the outside that can make any kind of plays when, 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 when you're down and this program isn't capable of being down. And, and again, you're down because Barry Lunny had three, three and outs in the first half where the philosophy of what this whole thing was built on just seemed to be forgotten once yeah, they got it seems like point. I don't understand that. And I'm not calling out Barry. There's just times in which I think Barry thinks I've got to get the we, – we've struggled in the passing game so much, I've got to get it figured out. 
No, you let them adjust to you and then you can make an adjustment on what you've been working on these last few weeks. Purdue never stopped Chase Brown in the first half enough for me to think he shouldn't have been getting the football. He did not get 100 yards today. Yeah. That is an indictment on what Brett Bielema has brought here to Champaign. And I'm telling you guys, if the lead running back of a Brett Bielema team does not get 100 yards, you will probably lose. And, and yeah. that's, that's that's probably what ha- – that, that, not probably. That's the gist of what happened today. Yeah, they need to be able to throw the football down the field, but that's not what this offense is going to be primarily predicated on. And if, if they can't get physical up front, they're not going to win football games. So, Ked – what do you what are you thinking? You know what what are you thinking here? You got uh, a, a a game against M- Michigan that looks like it's going to be a bear, and then then you've got a uh, really a, a darn important game against the one team that likes to stick it to Illinois whenever they can, Northwestern. Well, my thing is this: Illinois needs I mean, that's number one. The depth issue is a concern for me. We haven't even talked about Chase Brown. You know, I don't know what the severity of that is. I'm going to go down to the locker room after the game. But if Illinois stays healthy, to me, I look at this is Big Ten football. Illinois, won, they've won seven games. They're not dog beat. They can play. I like their chances I, I because they're as good as anybody else other than – I don't want to even say, like, uh, Michigan Ohio State are that much better. I mean, yeah, they have more talent. But you just said yourself, I mean – how close Northwestern was to playing them. Now, I will think – I do think the weather had a lot to do with that last week, how yep. close that game was. Yep. I mean, because that affected a lot. But Illinois has good coaches. I think hopefully they'll put together a, a game plan where they can move the football and not become so predictable. If they weren't so predictable when they go to Michigan um, or when they play Northwestern, I, I don't have anything to say. I don't – if you want to run the ball – 99% of the time, if you're going to get four or five yards on the first down, I don't care. But that's not what's happening. And I'll end it with this. I'd be willing to swallow my pride and shut my pie hole if I thought I was the only one saying this. And I'm not. And I don't, I'm not even going to discredit fans because I don't know the history of some of these fans. Some of these people have played football, high school, college, or what, or what have you. I have talked to them myself. And I'm telling you, they know what's coming. They can see it. If we know what's coming, you don't think there are guys on the other side of that field who are making millions of dollars to understand what's going on. And I'm really sorry. We can say what the philosophy of the program is. It hasn't worked out really, really well for Iowa this year. And Wisconsin's kind of gotten away from it. The game has changed a little bit. And I give Barry Lunny Jr. credit, like I said to you. He does have some imagination on offense. He just has to use it. Now, to give him credit, they were really effective in the red zone today. I I was impressed with some of that today. I I really was. So I think they have the talent. I don't know if I really want to see them go play in the Big Ten championship game because if they play a team like Ohio State and get ran out of the gym or the – or the, or, or the field, I don't want that to hurt the bowl, you know, people participating, going to a bowl game, and because they're so quick and easy to be down on the football program. Basketball program lose three games. Mad. Twitter's mad. Fans are mad. Yeah, it's frustrating, 
but I'm sorry, they won seven games. And to be honest with you, a lot of people didn't see this. They're probably going to go eight and four. I didn't pick eight and four. I, I really didn't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you guys thought. So we can't be so negative. And at the end of the day, I'm. I see the program going in the right direction. I'm in a situation to where I can talk to recruits and stuff and to kind of know what they're thinking. And, you know, I, I like that part of it because to me, that the, the way you recruit, it gives you depth. It gives you talent. And I think Brett, Brett has done a good job of that. He has a good staff that can do that. I just think they need to get that depth. I don't even think – I think the players that they have, because Bryant – is a good receiver. We didn't think he'd be this good. I didn't think so coming into the season. I hope he's not done for the year. You know, I, I don't know, but I know right now they can't afford to miss key players. If that's what's going to happen, then yes, they're going to be in trouble. Well, and, and, and as we wrap up here, the one thing I would like to say, and it's just representative of my feelings, mm-hmm. I get fired up about stuff, but I'm, I, I, I'm extremely happy with this football season. Illinois was relevant. Um, we, the, the, the team has garnered the interest of Illinois football fans. There is some Illini football PTSD, which means when the, when the inevitable rough times happen, it's maybe more impactful based on the past. But to me, um, yeah, the script would have been better if they'd have lost their first, you know, three games and then went on a seven game tear, we'd all be happier, but that's not how life works. Um, well, the, the thing that I keep going back to is if if you ever want a reason why you should donate to Illini Guardians for NIL, this is it right here. Because Illinois, when somebody goes down, they don't have enough horses to not experience a drop in performance between the first stringer and the second stringer, or if God forbid, the second stringer and the third stringer. Whereas at Ohio State, it's just like they got all these five stars hanging on a wall and they go, oh, just pull down that five star quarterback. We need one. Oh, hey, we need another we need another five star wide receiver. Can you bring one out of the back? Well, that, that's not Illinois football. And so for Brett Bielma, you know, he needs he needs to get, you know, better at recruiting and and because they got to stock the cabinet. So to me, I'm still thinking that this has been an excellent season. I, my assumption is is that Brett Bielma is looking at this and he wants to go win four more games, you know, and somehow make it to the Big Ten Championship, win it, and go to a bowl game. That's how he's approaching this. As a guy who's not part of the program, I'm looking at it like, yeah, go one and one the next two games and let's win a bowl game. But, you know, that's, that's, that's the difference of being a coach. But um, I, I do think it's been a, a very successful football season, and the further we get from it, the better we'll feel about it. But, um, you know, the, the problem is, is Michigan State and Purdue haven't played great this year. They may have more talent on their roster, but unfortunately they put it together and they played better. And, and maybe even uh, you could say they were coached better against Illinois and that's resulted in two losses, and and that's frustrating for Illini fans. But I no, I don't expect the Illini should be ten and zero right now and favored to go up and beat uh, Michigan, and then in, in a few more weeks, then be favored to beat Ohio State on their way to a national title. I'm not delusional. Um, Matt, give us your wrap, and then we'll have Ked finish up the show. 
I don't mean to make this sound like a 30 for 30, but what if I told you I was in the driver's seat to win the Big Ten West? Like after everything that has been written about Brian Ferentz and that offense, they are about 15 minutes away from winning and winning, beating Wisconsin and being in the driver's seat to win the West. So, so when I talk about this philosophy can work, I mean, give me a break. That's, <laughs> I mean, that we've, we've all read what we've all read about the Iowa offense and it's, it's that, that, that's, that program is going to make it to India again. And so you've got a head coach that goes, my God, if I can do it at a decent clip here on that side of the ball, what could I possibly be doing, um, you know, with one more year of this division? But, um, you know, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of concerns coming out of this game in the sense that um, from an injury standpoint, if Chase Brown's not healthy. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah, because um, Josh isn't healthy. No, he he has a boot on his foot because when he got the horse collar, okay, he 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 turned his ankle again, and so that that thing's about the size of a watermelon right now. So I don't foresee the ability of seeing him available for for Michigan next week. Um, you know, Reggie Love and Jordan Anderson are now your one and two. If that's the case, if Chase can't go next week, um, and this offense has not shown any ability consistently to be able to vertically throw the ball down the field against a defense that's one of the nation's best in Michigan. And so um, that's going to be a bear. And, and But you've got to get some guys on your defense healthy. Seth Coleman's got to get healthy if, if, yep. if he can. That's a that's a spot that they've been trying to duct tape and barbed wire with, with Calvin Hart Jr. Um, moving from inside to outside. Um, Alec Bryant didn't really show up today and his opportunity to take over for Seth, Seth Coleman. And then you've got some DBs, as we all know, Taz Nicholson, Terrell Jennings, everybody else that left the field today. Um, you've got to get them healthy too. And so, so Brad Bielen has got a really big full training room that he needs to figure out who can be healthy to go to, to go to Ann Arbor next weekend. Um, and then who can be healthy to go to, to Evanston the following weekend in the season finale. It, it, it again, I've used the phrase rents come due. Well, in terms of depth right now, rents come due and, and it's come due in a big way for Illinois. And this is the scary part of the schedule because as we all know, guys, it's not only a matter of how talented you are through 13 weeks, but it's a matter of attrition too. And how healthy can you stand to be throughout 13 weeks? And right now through a six game winning streak, Illinois was unbelievably healthy. And now they're not, and you're seeing you're seeing the uh, the, the consequences of that, and, and and they're not real good on both sides of the ball. Yep, Ked, uh, you want to do the final wrap here? Yeah, I, I'm not going to bore the fans with a, an hour long speech. I'll be real brief. That's, that's my job, Ked. No, what I don't want, I, I'm going to close with this: when they play Michigan next week, and the week after they go to Northwestern, I just hope that. Officiating crew that was a champagne today is nowhere within five billion yards <laughs> of, the, of that program. I'm end it with that. Perfect. Well, I tell you what, folks, IlliniGuys.com is what fuels this. If you want to have conversations with um, people like Ted and Matt, one of the things you do, you get a subscription, you read all their stuff, all their articles, you get full access. But the cool thing is you go back into the message boards and the forums and you can actually interconnect with them by sending messages, talking in, in these chat rooms and having uh, great conversations with Illini fans from across the world 
and people like Brad Sturdy, Matt Stevens, Kedrick Prince. It's a lot of fun. $99 a year, well worth it. Please give it a try. Basketball season's here, and there is nobody more connected to the Illini basketball program than Brad Sturdy and Kedrick Prince, period. Next thing, we've got the Illini Guy Sports Spectacular. That is a radio show that is a lot of fun. It's got Brad, Larry, myself, along with Ked and Matt, and all sorts of people. This week on the show, we talked to a few people that, uh, you know, you might have heard of, like Bruce Weber. Um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So listen to our radio show. Go to Illini Guys. That's one word, dot com. Hit the radio button. Check out what city we're in, whichever one's closest to you. Take a look at what day, Friday or Saturday that we're on. And then take a look at what time and tune in. And, of course, we have our podcast, Keds Recruiting Roundup, and Sturdy for 30. That is a lot of fun. They will give you uh, – Ked gets you inside all of the recruiting – the players, their families, their coaches, uh, and then Brad does thirty for thirty, which is a which can pull in people from all over Illini dumb, and also the whole Big Ten. So you have no idea who you're going to get to listen to next on that. With that, this is Illini guy Mike Kegley thanking um, Kedrick Prince and Matt Stevens, and we will talk to you guys later in the week when we preview. Well, actually, on Monday night after the, the basketball game against Monmouth, as we look at uh, the Illini playing Monmouth on Monday and then UCLA on Friday, and then we'll be back here after the Michigan game as well. So that, that means you got at least three podcasts coming up, and um, we'll get you all the Illini information that you possibly can handle. Go Illini!